When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is gayish. The podcast that defies sexpectations. <laughs> Does it? Do we? Yes. Every day and every night, Mike. Okay. All right. Well, maybe. You don't we know should, what's going on in my bedroom. Maybe we should keep a tally or something. I don't know. <laughs> on my uh, ass. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. And we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today. Today. We're going to talk about board games. We're going to talk about board games. Yeah. Yeah. Your 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 streak of one is broken. My <laughs> the best streak that I've been on of late of winning once is now back to you winning, and I couldn't be more upset. Great, um, yeah. Uh, we'll 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 talk about all of that here in just a little bit. But yeah, first. But first, first, I want to just say a quick shout out to South Africa, the entire country of South Africa. Apparently, we're on the radio in South Africa at noon, uh, CAT time on Mondays. Yeah, um, we are syndicated in uh, on GSA in South Africa. Yeah, so if you're listening to us and our weird accents, say something nice to us in your weird accent. Yeah, that would be lovely. <laughs> um next the next thing we do have a very very quick correction but just because the super bowl was last weekend we've got like football is in the air i definitely messed up uh i called it the washington football team which is what it was called after they stopped calling it the washington redskins which was the right thing to do but apparently they do have a name now they're the washington commanders so thanks to john wong for writing that one in yeah yeah i guess (laughs) (laughs) um okay uh, that was see. So check, check, check. check South Africa, we're moving right along. <laughs> feedback, corrections, neat. Oh, we have a hundred words. So at a certain level of Patreon, if you send in a hundred words, I will say them. Also known as the use Mike's whole benefit. Yep. And uh, <laughs> but some of you don't know how to follow instructions, so we've split the last one up into two batches. Because it was over a hundred words, so we'll give you a hundred at a time. You can use the benefit more than once. You can use it as much as you'd like. So if you've already sent in a hundred words, send them in again. Uh, this one, yeah, just got broken up into two parts. Yep. So Jake Williams, who is a frequent flyer on the hundred <laughs> words using Mike's whole wagon, frequent whole user, <laughs> frequent whole user. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he he writes he writes in a hundred words pretty regularly, but for for February it is a hundred euphemisms for sex. And uh, I only got about halfway through the list, so I'm going to finish the list. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Here we go. Passing the gravy. (laughs) (laughs) Out the gate. Um, Uh. Stuff in the muffin. Making bacon. Hot yoga. Bow chicka wow wow. Bushwhacking. Crushing buns. Disappointing the wide. Getting down to business. Exploring the hidden valley. Going balls deep. Hitting a home run. Cleaning out the old womb room. Riding the Bony Express, opening the gates to Mordor, christening the yak, harpooning the salty longshoreman, jamming the clam, pile driving, waka waka, taking the skin boat to Tuna Town, wetting the willy, using your telescope to explore their black hole, wiggling the toothpick, souring the kraut, splooge bathing, wham bam, thank you, ma'am, sending an email to the spam folder, 
Checking the oil, whittling the love branch, driving Miss Daisy, hiding the bishop, testing the mattress, giving the dog a bone, storming the castle, adult nap time, taking a trip to pound town, the no pants dance, sharpening the pencil, making a hole in the welcome mat, the tube snake boogie, waving the Weasley wand, seeing a man about a dog, taking grandma to Applebee's, (laughs) getting to know someone in the biblical sense. Uh, Ow, those were good. The, worth worth the fact that it was well over a hundred words yet again. Yep. <laughs> uh, if you want to send in hundred words and use my hole, please do it. I I love it. Yeah, Mike Mike does. <laughs> I'll take your grandma to Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> um, great. Uh, and now the news. Yeah. Shut your mouth hole. It's time for your ear holes. News. 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 First, uh, we do have an update, and uh, this this ongoing story of Pope Francis saying that he would bless gay marriages, and then he said, "No, uh, like uh, bless the people. I'm not actually blessing the marriage." Uh, just a quick update about all of that. He released another sort of message. It was it was in the Italian magazine Credere, so he wasn't like speaking ex cathedra, meaning like he he was like being a dude as opposed to like the Pope running the church or whatever. But he said, quote, no one is scandalized if I give a blessing to an entrepreneur who perhaps exploits people. And that's a very serious sin. Whereas they are scandalized. If I give it to a homosexual, this is hypocrisy. We must all respect each other. Everyone. He said, I do not bless a homosexual marriage. I bless two people who love each other. And I also ask them to pray for me. I I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that seems to be although it seemed like backpedaling at first now it seems like more supportive of gay people than it did initially so yeah he's back on our side maybe as much as he can be anyway i mean i i i do think that he's he's touching on something that is absolutely true which is like leviticus people who want to point to the fucking clobber verses in the bible and they want to point to leviticus there's a fuck ton of shit that is a sin that's like written out in Leviticus. And the only thing that they care about is butt sex. Like don't wear mixed fabrics and don't eat fucking shrimp. But like, yeah, it's the butt sex that everybody wants to be all worried about. You hypocrite. That's exactly what that is. That's the definition of that word. Yeah, exactly. It's just picking the thing that you care most about rather than the things that the Bible actually says. You you got to apply. It's, it's all or nothing. You can't just pick and choose which verses you think are important. Yep. Yep. So in a, in a way, I mean, fuck the Catholic church and fuck that guy. But like at the same time, <laughs> like I, that's, that's pretty great. Like yeah. I, I, I respect that at least the, the, the like philosophical consistency is, is, uh, is interesting and appealing. Yeah. I like it. Way to go, Pope. Way to go, Pope Francis. Uh, <sighs> until he dies and then they get some other dickbag fuckface asshole in there. Um, okay. News the first, here we go. So there are a bunch of trans activists in Florida that are going to driver's license offices around the state and holding die in protests. So what they do is they roll into the DMV wearing a trans flag or orange road safe vests or both or whatever. And they lay down in the lobby and, uh, uh, try to like get in the way, but be visible. And a lot of them are uh, doing so like holding fake tombstones uh, oh. with, with messages. But all of it is in protest of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and certified award winning dickbag fuckface asshole. Uh, <laughs> yep. 
deciding to criminalize changing gender on driver's licenses. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, so under under Florida law, apparently it is now. So the legislature is considering a bill that would make it so that the term gender doesn't mean their gender, but it means their sex under Florida Mm. state law and what is written on driver's licenses. DeSantis isn't waiting for the legislature. He's already enforcing it, which that seems not great. No, you can't enforce a law that hasn't passed yet. Uh, Yeah, I I guess I guess you can. I guess you can. (laughs) Because fuck what the laws say and just do whatever you want. That's what this country has decided. Yep. Yep. Anyway, uh, I think it's really a cool idea, right? Like it's that com- combination of visibility, a little bit of civil disobedience, and it's it's clever and accurate. And yeah. I, I hope I hope something comes of it. Yeah. Boy, Florida. As if Florida didn't have enough going on already with the alligators and the Florida man and, you know. Just yep. there's so much in Florida. Yep. Yep. Florida. Uh, I want to talk about this one next. Uh, so news the second. Um, there is a also in Florida. There is a uh, a state senator named uh, starts with a P. Where the hell did her name go? So do my mornings. <laughs> uh, senator Polsky. She is uh, in, in the state Senate. And there was this dude who came in front of a committee uh they're considering a bill that's uh that some people are calling the uh it had a stupid name (laughs) is it don't show gay anyway flags they're trying to they're trying to make it so that you can't put pride flags in classrooms and what um there's this this dude who was in front of the committee considering it. And he said that it was indoctrination. He says, quote, it's demonic. We are the Christian family coalition. We believe that this is demonic. Why should Christians be forced to subsidize something that is demonic? The idea that a child can change their gender. That's included in the rainbow flag. That's an ideology that's included. Heterosexuality isn't, as I said, but that is. And so let's talk about the victims of the LGBT movement, just like going on and on about this. And she cuts him off and she says, how does a rainbow flag indoctrinate students? And he just starts doing this word salad. He said, a rainbow flag is intended to indoctrinate. A rainbow flag is intended to promote the concept to students that there's such a thing as transgender, that you can change gender, that sexuality, you know, should be celebrated if it goes against heterosexuality, because it doesn't, it doesn't promote heterosexuality, it promotes homosexuality, it promotes bisexuality, it promotes everything except heterosexuality. So that's indoctrination. Anyway, she says, she says, um, you should stop talking. <laughs> Yay! It, it was so great. You should it. stop talking. Yeah. That's so simple and so direct, and I love it. Yeah, and and for a state senator to just look a dickbag, fuckface asshole right in the face and say you should stop talking. Yeah. Um. There's a little bit of back and forth. He starts talking again, despite her saying that, and. uh uh, her response at the end was just, I'm not sure what any of this has to do with flags. I'm done with this person. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's what we need to do. Like not give them the time of day. Like That's- your, your incoherent ramblings about demonic possession of children and, and rainbow flags are non heterosexuality forcing our children, something, something like just, okay. Okay. Thank yeah. you, sir. Goodbye. <laughs> I hear you. What you said is very dumb. <laughs> but, but note it. <laughs> <But> yes. 
Uh, okay, and the news the last. I think this one is kind of adorable. So Mario Alcalde, a 31-year-old matador in Spain, is claiming that he's the first openly LGBTQ plus matador. Oh, yeah. So just breaking that horny ceiling, I guess. I, <laughs> uh, uh, he said, uh, I'm pansexual. I identify strongly with the LGBTQ plus flag. Every person has their taste. I fall in love with the person inside, not their gender. And uh, he, he goes on to talk about the lack of queer representation in the matador community, which that's not even a thing that I expected was a thing that existed. Didn't even think about that until this very moment. <laughs> right. Uh, he said there have always been gay people in bullfighting, but they didn't say anything. But uh, bullfighting is often regarded as a conservative traditional activity, which doesn't tend to blend well with contemporary LGBTQ plus culture. He said, he said also, it's, there are a lot of people in the LGBTQ plus community that are against bullfighting, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, you know, because there's in some cases, it's not exactly great for the animal. You're um, slowly murdering a bull is right. <laughs> what you're doing, which is rough. To, I've, I've seen them in Spain. It's rough to watch. Yep. Yep. But it, he's doing it and uh, is 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 queer. So um, I, just, I thought that was I thought that was really I think that's really interesting. It's one of those things where like, I don't think bullfighting should exist, but if it does, I want gay people to be there too. (laughs) Like weirdly enough. Yep. I agree. And, uh, also, um, wood bang. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's wearing those like tight ass matador pants and, uh, that like cute matador vest. And it's, it's it's working for me. The outfits are so gay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Gays have been in bullfighting yes. for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Judging from the outfits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's the news. That's the news. Speaking of people we would never judge, I want to thank the following new Patreon members. Thank you to Michael Riley. Ooh, another Michael. Going to get competitive with him? I mean, Mr. Riley, come find me. And we, <laughs> we can have a mic off. <laughs> Ooh, mic off. That sounds hot. Um, Poco Dots. Poco Dots. Yep. Cute. Uh, Fergus Swanick. 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 Fergus Swanick. Yeah. That sounds maybe. like a law firm. <laughs> Tough. Reliable. Um, Joey. <laughs> Were you just hit by a car on your bike? Call Fergus Swanick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joey Marshall. Great. And Beast. Beast. Just yep. Beast. Yep. Mononym not, Beast. Not Mr. Beast. I I hope it's Mr. Beast that supports us. That would get us such big clout. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I don't really understand the whole Mr. Beast thing. Uh, I have to close this Matador's Instagram now. <laughs> Speaking of beasts, my goodness. Focus up. We're oh. doing a show. Um, yeah. If you want to join Patreon, you get ad-free episodes released a day early. You get to join our Patreon happy hours. At a certain level, you get to use Mike's hole. You get a use free my t- hole. You get a free t-shirt. You at the highest level, you get to come up with your own episode topic and we'll sit down and have a production meeting with you to figure it out. Um, yeah. Join at patreon.com slash gayish podcast. Do it. Do it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It sure is. Hey, Mike. Hey, Kyle. What would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Okay, we talked about this the last time we recorded an ad and I said I thought I would do cooking. 
Uh-huh. I actually did. I talked to my therapist and she was like, what would you do for an extra hour? And I said I would cook. And so I did. And this weekend on Saturday, I made a recipe I'd never made before. It was French onion mac and cheese and it was delicious. Well, if you want to improve your mental health, be a podcaster and record an ad about mental health. Yeah. <laughs> if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's completely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Visit BetterHelp.com slash gayish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash gayish. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash gayish. French onion mac and cheese, that's what makes me happy. Yum. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Mike. Do you remember when prep came out and it was a game changer? Oh my God, biggest news. We were all excited to get our hands on it. Well, it's happening again. <laughs> it is. Imagine a world where STIs are no more. Doxypep is what we're talking about, everybody. You can get Doxypep from Shameless Care, and Doxypep has been proven to be up to 90% effective at stopping STIs like chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis. It's just like PrEP was for HIV, but now for all of those other things too. And where can you get this? You can get it from Shameless Care as a top telemedicine provider with board certified physicians across 50 states. They have a mission of making DoxyPep accessible and affordable. Answer some medical questions on the website and one of their physicians will prescribe DoxyPep to you. Viola is shipped straight to your door in discreet <laughs> packaging. And DoxyPep at Shameless Care is crazy affordable, just $109 a year. That covers the online evaluation, the medication, and the shipping. So if you're ready to rewrite your story and discover the joy of carefree intimacy, visit shamelesscare.com slash gayish to take control of your sexual health. That is shamelesscare.com slash gayish. Your liberation is waiting. Be sure to use lube. <laughs> Do you want to talk about board games? Let's talk about board games. I mean, okay. I like, okay. So first, you know, this Derek knows this other friends know this. I am a board game, weirdo, wackadoodle, crazy person. Yeah. If you walk into your place and look around for more than a second, you'll see that you have uh, board games aplenty. Yep. At last count, I have 94. Holy shit. And I think I've picked up a couple since the last time I went through and, and counted. Because usually, like once a year, give or take, I go through and I'm like, don't want that one anymore. I need some more space because I basically kickstarted everything. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm 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 a crazy person, and like often have folks over to play, and like we're playing a Frosthaven campaign together right now. Uh, do you own any board games, Kyle? I think I own a couple card games they my place is so small it has to be small enough to fit in like a drawer so i think i own cards like an apples to apples style game for the pacific northwest i think i own like uno okay um, oh yeah so, yeah monomenon gave us uh yeah. Uno cards yeah okay yeah. so uh, a few no actual board games though okay well oh i have exploding kittens you do yeah that's a card game yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, um, anyway, I, I like I'm a big fan. I put it on the Patreon poll this month. Every month we put a poll together and then we let our gap bridgers decide based on three uh, options, which one they want us to turn into an episode. And it was board games, 
flags and hair products uh, this time. And flags. Come on, people. It's it's we we just spent half the news cycle talking about all the flags and how demonic they are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't I can't win, Mike. No, you'll get them next time. Really, Kyle, you <laughs> should maybe just just put flags and poetry on until they submit. Like, yeah, well, we're going to do flags for a bonus episode. So y'all have to hear me talk about flags regardless whether you wanted to or not. That was yeah. the second place for the uh, Gap Bridgers. So um, it yeah. wasn't. It was the tiebreakers that did that. Oh, the tiebreakers. Okay. Yeah. Because like once again, our Gap Bridgers and our other Patreon supporters are apparently very different groups of people because they don't. Yeah. Like the votes don't always work out uh, the, the same way. And uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the tiebreakers, like almost nobody voted for hair products, but hair products was second place for the Gap Bridgers. But I don't know. Hmm. F- flags, flags won by like one second place by like a lot in the in the, uh, in the tiebreaker. tiebreaker. Poll, so. Yeah. OK. Yeah, OK, here we go. Here we here go. Here we go. I'm going to talk about the history of board games, Kyle. <laughs> OK. Um. So, so how, how, what do you think the oldest board game, how, how, well, like, that we would recognize as a board game anyway, how, how long has it been around? 1000 BC. <laughs> um, it, longer ago than that. So, Whoa. yeah, uh, m- most people say that Senate, S E N E T, is the oldest board game. Um, it was found in uh, pre-dynastic and first dynasty burials of Egypt. And so that makes it like at least 3300 BC, if not 3500 BC, wow. uh, that, that, it, that it was that it was invented. And uh, it's 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 a weird ass game. And uh, the um, we're not sure what the rules exactly were. And yeah. uh, so the, the, we found lots of boards and just turns out that people didn't really like board games didn't come in a box with like a complicated <laughs> instruction manual yeah back back in the day or if it did the papyrus says you know have long since faded away faded away disintegrated whatever mm-hmm. um but yeah there's 30 squares and uh like there have been a lot of guesses and even a modern interpretation done by um these dudes timothy kendall and rc bell um Th- like they've made their best guess what they what they think and actually have um marketed it hmm. is he the one that i thought might be gay <laughs> i love speculating on people's sexualities <laughs> yeah yeah bing doesn't like it when i do that um mm, it shuts you shuts you down real quick right yes it shuts me down real quick it's like you can't speculate on somebody's sexuality unless you speculate that they're straight then it's fine yeah it's so weird uh <laughs> anyway yeah the game is called senate and uh, it's been around for a very, very, very long time. And then, of course, there are uh, uh, other other games that that we would recognize that have also been uh, around. Like Backgammon is a pretty early one, huh. um, which I am bad at. I always get my fucking ass kicked at Backgammon. Huh. But uh, Backgammon came out of Mesopotamia like 5,000 years ago. Um, so not that much younger than than Senate. Uh, I thought this was really interesting. Um, they say that uh, classical board games are divided into four categories. They say they're race games, space games, chase games, and displace games. 
And oh, that's cute. It rhymes. Yeah. Yeah. I love me some, some, uh, what's that called? Um, what's that called, Kyle? I don't know. Mnemonic devices. Yeah. But when you say a bunch of words in a row that like go well, that go real good. Cause you talked, you talked, you talked good. Rhyming. <laughs> it's not rhyming. It's, um, Oh God. I am so tired. Okay, never mind. If I if I come up with that word later, I'll just scream it at you. Okay, great. <laughs> um, yeah, race games like Pachisi, where you like are trying to move uh, across a board faster than other people. Space games like uh, Tic Tac Toe is a perfect example of like how much space can you take up, and if you get the right configuration, then you you win. Chase games, which I I know I know less about, uh, but um. They're like it looks like checkers, but it's like when you hop over stuff and uh, and and then displacement games like chess, displace games uh, like like chess, which have have been around for a really long time. Anyway, those like four themes um, evolve over and over again in different in different cultures. Uh, people just like hanging out and playing games. It's like a social thing that we do and have done for a long ass time. Yeah, uh, the modern board game uh, really gets its start like industrial revolution time because it has to be easy to mass produce these things and bundle them up to get them into people's hands so that they can then play them. Um, there's this chick named Margaret Hofer, who's sort of like a, a games historian. And, and, and she says that the golden age of board gaming in America anyway, was the 1880s to the 1920s. And uh, because mass production made it possible to do that. There was this game called the mansion of happiness, which I think just looks so lame. Um, but, uh, both the, uh, both the Parker brothers and Milton Bradley, which side note, I didn't realize Milton Bradley was a dude in my head. It was like two people. One of them was Milton and one of them was Bradley and they formed a company together. No, it's one dude. His name is Milton Bradley. Okay. Uh, That's a little bit egotistical to name your company after yourself. Well, okay. Is it more or less than just like like starting one with your siblings and calling it whatever brothers <laughs> parker true. brothers yeah uh because the parker brothers were indeed three brothers and um i think i think my money is on them as like the ones that really got modern fun cool competitive games going so they they come up with like I mean, their biggest hit of all time is the one that makes everybody want to kill each other. And that's Monopoly. Um, <laughs> and and uh, it's probably what saved the company because they got started right before the Depression. The Depression ha- happened. Nobody had any money. They basically almost went out of business. Um, but that's when they started mass producing Monopoly. And people in the Depression fucking loved Monopoly. And that's mm. what turned them into this like juggernaut. Because um, for a brief moment, you could feel like you had money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's why that's why we started lotteries too. Like mm. a, a lot of lottery ticket systems start during the depression. It's like, we know you don't have any money, but give us a little bit of it and then you can dream about having a fuck ton of money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then it, uh, there's this, like a lot of industries, there's a bunch of consolidation, right? Like Parker Brothers uh, um, buys uh, a, a bunch of other companies and then, Hasbro comes in and and takes over. General Mills owns some of it for a while. 
and, and it turns out that there's like a handful of toy companies that basically run all of the board games for a period of like 40 or 50 years. And then it's in the 90s and the early 2000s that we really see an indie board game scene start. And this new golden age of board games is like sort of a modern thing of more complex games, more story based games, uh, lots of different mechanics start coming out. And uh, it's interesting because that's when I started really getting invested in board in board games. Also, was when all of these different things started popping up and, and indie publishers really got um going that's that's more or less the history i looked for like gay stuff none of these board game founders are gay none of the game designers are gay i'm going to talk later about some that i did find um uh but it's they're all modern and they have a lot of things to say about like how not queer friendly that industry is is the is the board game industry a like surprisingly straight industry then yes absolutely. wow i would not i would expect board games to be gayer just because it's kind of artistic and it's kind of nerdy and it's kind of, you know, it's the opposite of sports. It's like, I would think there'd be more gay. That's, that's wild to me that it's not super gay friendly. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's escapism also, which queer people's lives suck. So they need something to remind them about like not their life sometimes. Um, That was literally the word I was thinking of when you were talking about like dreaming the lottery and dreaming of a world where you have money and, and, that being the benefit of monopoly escapism. Yeah. Like trying yeah. to, you get for a few hours, you get to live in a different world that it's almost like roller coasters. When we talked about that, it's like for a brief moment, you're not thinking about the anxiety of being gay and how much your <laughs> life sucks and in being in the closet and how much everyone's going to hate you. You're too terrified to think about how shitty your life is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah kind of yeah yeah um i'm gonna tell you about five gay board games five gay board games okay yes this is from an article posted on hornet by matt keely in 2021 hornet great hornet um i'm gonna start by talking about gay monopoly oh yay gay monopoly is it like i don't know different gay bars and like different like christopher street and um yeah you're not just is it just monopoly but gay (laughs) yeah yes it is exactly that there's apparently a lot of tom of finland art um you can choose like your characters you can choose from a jeep a teddy bear a blow dryer a leather cap handcuffs or a stiletto heel i love that a blow dryer is i guess okay if you're like a glam gay yeah okay yeah yeah okay uh, there are gay themed properties like Fire Island and Castro Street. Fuck yes. Houses and hotels are bars and bathhouses. I mean, that checks out. <laughs> Do you think bathhouse is the hotel? It better be. That's the that's the big one. That's the one you're you're building bars to create a bathhouse. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, um, although in the state of Washington, you can't be both. Like nope. you, you've got to pick one lane or the other. Yeah. Um, let's see. Chance and community chess cards are now camp and hanky code cards. <laughs> so that's, that's amazing. So camp cards, when they're drawn, you have to perform the indicated action. And the example that they gave was say fabulous six different ways. And you'd receive $3. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
you, you drew the red hanky. That's fisting. You got to back up. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Actually, the hanky code cards, you have to identify what color the code meant. Oh. Um, so you correctly identified, you'd be able to correctly identify the red hanky, Mike. I think so. Yeah. I think that's right. Um, what does that say about you? Hmm. That we hmm. did an episode on hanky code, I think oh. is what it means. Oh, okay. That's less exciting than the possibilities that I had in my head, but you know. Well, and and then my whole, like, I, I thought I would just, I would try wearing a mustard hanky one time to the bar and, because that's looking for big dicks if it's on the right side. Mm. And and instead got offered to be peed on because mustard and yellow are the same color yeah. in the dark bar. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> Some of the colors, like, you can't go too crazy with the colors. I've seen the hanky code chart, and mm-hmm. it's, like, all kinds of colors, and it's like, you can't do that. You you can't discern the difference between a mustard and a yellow in a bar or a burgundy and a... Yeah, yeah. And a maroon and a... I don't know. Yeah. I'm impressed by your gay ability to come up with synonyms for colors, though. Thank you. Gayest. (laughs) I'm not good at color. I'm not a color gay. Um, Back to gay monopoly. The money was in denominations of $3 bills. Great. Excellent. (laughs) Um, And on the website that I read this from, it said the Parker brothers weren't amused and actually sued the gay board games creators. So not many copies exist. Oh, I want one. I know me too. I think it's like, you can probably look on eBay, but it might actually be really expensive given how, how they got sued and had to stop creating them. Can you sell shit that got sued out of existence on a platform like eBay? That's a good question. Do who's like, can I sell Holy fuck, Kyle. What? Gay Monopoly is indeed available on eBay, and the cheapest one is $499. Wow. How much do you <laughs> want to be that gay? <laughs> well, not that much. Not not $500 gay? No, but holy fuck. That's impressive. Okay, anyway. I mean, I, can you can sell your board game to your friend, like... You could sell Gay Monopoly to your friend for five bucks, let's say. So eBay is just true, but you also can't put a dime bag of weed on eBay. So, yeah, huh? I don't know, Mike. This is a good question for our legal experts in the uh, in the audience. Well, these people apparently are doing it. So, and there's someone's doing it. Yeah, there's enough of them on there that like either. Either either Milton Bradley isn't pursuing it that much, or Parker Brothers isn't pursuing it that much, uh, or or it's fine to sell shit that you shouldn't sell or yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Apparently, maybe that you can look this up on eBay as well. There's also Gayopoly. Oh. Which all I read about about Gayopoly is the jail is now the closet. <laughs> which that's, <laughs> that's pretty smart. That's a little too on the nose, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, a little bit. But apparently you could sing to get out of the closet. Oh, it's much more reasonable. The cheapest gayopoly is $45. Oh, okay. That you could, that's, uh, instead of going out to dinner one day, you can grab that instead of giving up half your week's pay. Hmm. Um. Okay. That's the most interesting of the five gay board games. There's also Homogeneous. I have that. 
You do? Have you played yeah. it? Yes. How is it? It is impossible. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because they ask a lot of questions that's like all the gays will know this, but it's from like 1981 or something. And like, mm. I don't fucking know who any of these people are. Yeah. The goal is to come out of the closet by answering questions that allow you to advance on the game board. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll go get it. Maybe for Patreon, just for a little bit, I'll go get it and I'll read you some of the questions. Like it is impossible. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. I barely know who we're supposed to know these days, much less, you know, 30 <laughs> years, years ago. ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, there is dial gay for murder. Oh, there okay. was apparently this craze of like how to host a murder is the name of the game. There was this fad that started in the eighties. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that? We played one. We did. Yeah. Murder mystery dinner. Oh, is that, Oh, is that the same thing? I think so. Hmm. Okay. Maybe. So players were invited to solve the murder of Paul pernicious who was the head operator of dial gay answering service. <laughs> Someone <laughs> st strangled him with his own phone cord at the switchboard. Oh. And um, yeah. So, okay. So it's a murder mystery dinner party thing, I guess. Hmm. Well, I also wrote down, this is not gay, but there's also a star Trek, the next generation version of um, how to host a murder. <laughs> really? Yeah. Now I'm yeah. torn, Kyle. Which one would I choose first? If I could only have one. Oh. Next Generation for sure. Oh. You'd yeah. pick Star Trek over being gay? If I had to give one up, I think I would probably give up Dick. Wow. Big news. You yeah, heard it here first, everybody. Don't tell my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. There's one called That's So Gay, which is LGBTQ trivia, and it's apparently trivia that's okay for the whole family so it's not too raunchy or whatever um there is the rainbow game and game is spelled gay sure of course it's from the 1992 90, there's it's a trivia game uh you start by coming out of the closet and um the you know each color means something different in terms of trivia the the categories are orange as he said she said which is famous quotes from people Purple is a matter of choice, which is multiple choice. Red is picture this, where you have to draw an item. Yellow is act out, where you play charades. Blue is group grope. <laughs> which is I thought you how, said it was family fun. Family friendly. No, that was the last one. Oh, okay. Got <laughs> I don't, this one did not claim to be family friendly. Uh, oh, okay. Um, I feel group, better then. Yeah. Group grope is how would you respond to certain situations? But okay. So what I really, other than gay monopoly, a lot of these seem to rely on trivia being the like gay factor, which is like trivia games are one angle, but there's like, there's more to board games than just trivia. And I feel like there could be more gay out of board games than just like, that's kind of boring in my mind. Yeah. I'm with you. That makes sense. I mean, I think, I think it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to think about like what game mechanics would you use that weren't just trivia, right? Like, yeah, what do you know about gay culture? That's a pretty easy, appealing <laughs> source of like content, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. And how do you make like our board games inherently straight or are they neutral and we can make them gay just by how we play them? Like, is there anything actually straight about the board games themselves? And can, if we like the way we play Frosthaven, I think is pretty gay, Mm. but that's just because of who we are. Mm. Mm. I mean, it is, by it's by definition gay. It's three gays and and an ally. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I think like it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to come up with actual game mechanics to make a game gay. That is not just trivia, but I would, well, I'll talk more about one of those that do that, but. Well, and we were, we were going to, um, at one point we were kicking around the idea of like, should we have a gayish board game? Right. Yeah. Like you've, you've encouraged me to think about that from time to time. And I, I think it's a good idea, but one of the challenges is that I don't want it to just be mere trivia either. Right. Yeah. So like what, what, what else do we do? Yeah, um, exactly. Got some ideas. We'll see. I don't okay. Know. We, we got, we got other shit to get through. First. Yeah. <laughs> we got other things going on. Well, okay. So I wanted to talk to you then about this one specific also gay board game that I found that I thought was really interesting. Okay. So the name, the name of this game is dare to love. And the thing that is so interesting about it is it was made by a Chinese game designer who was trying to um, shine a light on the, uh, discrimination against LGBTQ people that were, was happening in, in the country, uh, just prior to them legalizing, uh, gay marriage, uh, in Taiwan in, uh, 2017. And so in the game, uh, oh wait, are, are we going to do this for Patreon? Or are we going to do the Reddit thing? What? We can do Reddit for Patreon. You can keep going. Okay, we'll do we'll do Reddit for Patreon. So I'll 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 talk a little bit more about about this this game. But Dare, Dare to Love uh, takes place in a fictional empire called Azamroth, uh, where homosexuals are oppressed. So there's uh, the Imperial Crystal Knight, which starts in the hundred and seventh year of the empire. All homosexuals are arrested by the empire and imprisoned in floating crystals. And scheduled for execution later that night. Oh boy, we're getting into some heavy topics in this. Yeah, yeah. So um, one player is an oligarch, either the emperor, grand inquisitor, or the tycoon, who is trying to make sure that the executions go smoothly. Oh my Uh, god. (laughs) All of the other players are rebels who have to fight against the oligarch and therefore save their loved ones before they are executed so every player character has a backstory about the queer person that they're trying to save that has been wrongfully imprisoned by the emperor or uh, the oligarch it's it's really really interesting i also think that there's something homophobic going on because the uh, the game mechanics look fun to me i think it looks like it's well designed but the board game geek rating on it is pretty average it was like a 5.9 or something um oh so- you think people rated it I think people because are downrooting it because it's gay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I mean, I can't prove that. That's just a that's just a felt sense or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Um who would want to play as the emperor in this scenario? Yeah. Great question. I mean, that's some like that's some like internalized homophobia shit there. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, it'd be like trying when you, to when you, 
when you win, how bad do you feel about your life? <laughs> yeah, you're like, great, I now get to murder all the gays. I I did it. Yep, yep. Huh, that uh, might be too heavy. I feel like the <laughs> we were talking about games being escapism. I don't know that I would want to be playing this kind of heavy scenario with people, reminding myself of the torture and murder that goes on just because people are gay. Like, I don't know that that's the reminder that I need. Yeah. Well, and I agree. I agree. And it's really interesting, like as a political statement, right? Like the, the, the you, that you could create an entire game around this concept as a political statement. Like I, it's not meant to be escapist, I guess is the point. Like you're mm. supposed to have in the back of your head the whole time. Like, yeah, shit really sucks for, for Chinese LGBTQ people. Y'all like, let's, mm. Let's let's talk about it. Yeah, I guess game a game that has a social commentary kind of point. I guess that's a different avenue than I'm thinking of where you're that's just like media as well. I've been using media as a, like escapism and I haven't been watching things that are too overtly gay or serious or heavy just because that's not what I want from my media intake these days. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you want to do you want to hear some of these backstories for these characters? Yeah, sure. These are the ones you're trying to save. No, uh, no these are the ones that you can play. Oh, okay. So, yeah, the ones that you can play. So, there's the Duchess. Uh, the Duchess is extremely skillful and was the first female general in the Empire. Lesbian. Uh, <laughs> she had a promising future in front of her. However, she was put on the wanted list after she fell in love with the princess. Um, soon after the princess decided to run away, decided to run away with her, the Imperial soldiers who had been watching her for a long time arrested the princess. The emperor chose to crystallize the princess as a warning to the public in order to save her lover. The Duchess returned to the empire. Not only did she have to fight against the army she had led in the past, but also had to fight against the country to which she had sworn fealty. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. These are these, this could be a, that could be a movie. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, then there's the prince. The prince is the emperor's half nephew, third in line for the throne and the guardian of the mysteries of the royal sword magic. <laughs> that sounds like a euphemism. Doesn't <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, that's one of <laughs> Jake's sexual in ways to describe having sex. <laughs> uh, he liked to knit since childhood. <laughs> okay that's pretty gay (laughs) and designed his own gorgeous outfits (laughs) okay well we're kind of on the nose here when he fell in love with another noble prince he dissolved the marriage arrangement made by his zealous stratus father the church immediately arrested his lover he gave up his right to inherit and sought out to rescue his lover hmm then there's the knight. The knight had defended the border and made a lot of wealth by trading favors with the tycoon. He did not care about the world at first and even supported those who were hostile to homosexuals. However, it changed when he discovered that his daughter was arrested during the pogrom. The knight decided to return to the castle to save his daughter. He would bring his daughter home or die trying. Wow, that's real. That's like some real, like your parents getting on board with being gay because their kids came out. Yeah. Which is what parents should do, by the way, instead of doubling down and becoming like a dick bag, fuck face asshole and abandoning their child. Yep. Totally. But yeah. And also I have daddy issues. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all about a a reformed father figure. Like is always going to pull up my heartstrings a little bit. Yeah. Um, there's the priest, 
Uh-oh. Uh, and uh, she, uh, the priest was born to a magician family and excelled at white crystal magic. That sounds like drugs. Uh, white magic. <laughs> Lots of gays love white crystal magic. <laughs> white magic could heal both physical and mental damage, but was defiled by the emperor when the emperor used it to execute the prisoners. She was distressed by the situation and then found out that her feminine son was reported as a homosexual and then was imprisoned. In order to save her beloved son, she dedicated her magic skills to the cause of freeing the prisoners. It's interesting. They say feminine son. Do they actually say that the son is gay? No, but he was reported as a gay and imprisoned for that, which I think is that is that is interesting. Yeah, especially if if he ended up being straight, there's a like, again, using this as a societal commentary. Gay people aren't the only ones that suffer by anti LGBT laws and biases like straight people don't get to explore outside of the boundaries then either. So that'd be interesting if they if they knowingly commented on how that can affect straight people in like this. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, Then there's the rebel soldier. Uh, The rebel soldier long opposed the imperial dictatorship and sought a return to the liberal Republic of legend, a word that seems strange and unfamiliar to the people nowadays. Rebel soldier claims that this land before the empire was founded was full of the so-called air of freedom. Long ago, Azamroth was not the name of this land, but its name was said to be spelled backwards instead. Uh, Formosa is what that is backwards, by the way. Um, Just looking at it. The leader of the rebels got arrested after an uprising and the rebel soldier who was the best archer in the army vowed to rescue their leader and return the original name back to this land. I don't understand what's gay about the person that they're trying to solve, but I will also <laughs> say that Rebel, Rebel Soldier is rocking a very androgynous haircut. Has like feminine features, but like a uh, and androgynous haircut. Hmm. Uh, and then lastly, the apostate. Uh, based on the tradition of zealous stressism, after the former Grand Inquisitor passes away, the new one who was selected beforehand would succeed. However, the situation changed tremendously recently. The former Grand Inquisitor suffered from a serious illness and had to hand over the position to an obstinate new Grand Inquisitor. After the release of the new Oracle that was hostile to homosexuals, many disciples who supported same-sex partners were all excommunicated and became known as the apostates. Meanwhile, the seriously ill former Grand Inquisitor became labeled a heretic. The apostates strongly noted that according to the ancient scriptures of the church, the Grand Inquisitors do not speak for God, but are merely a leader created by the religious system. One of the apostates decided to revolt, rescue their former leader, and restore the liberalism of the church. I think that's super, super fascinating. Yeah, that's, again, like these all seem like individual little movies that that could be written about these situations, but yeah. Yeah, and I think the idea that like the church used to be down with the gays we need to get back to that. Mm-hmm. I think that there's some of that in the Christian religions too, right? Like, like you see every once in a while ripples of like the homosexuality isn't actually in the Bible. It was added in 1948 or whatever. Right. Like, right. There are these uh, things that pop up from time to time that say like Christians used to be m- at least more down uh, than they are now. Can we maybe get back to that? Yeah. Um, or at least ignored it. <laughs> Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Or or focused on other shit. Anyway, that's dare to love. I'm super interested in, in this concept. It is out of print. I'm going to keep looking to see if I can find a copy of it. Cause I would like to play the game. It has some like 
Frosthaven vibes to it, actually, because you have cards and it's in hexes and you do a battle to break down the prison walls before the big bad played by one of your friends who's an asshole um, <laughs> uh, can, can, can stop you. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's super fascinating. And, and whatever, whatever part this game and its message had in, in changing it, uh, uh, things did get better for, for uh, at least Taiwanese uh, people. Yeah, and it was we can just say for the purpose of our episode, it was this board game that did the did the job. This board game made it happen. Yep. That would be a nice little story if that were true. Um, well, I'm gonna tell you about a board game that is far less important to Great. our, you know, social consciousness, and it's the gay sauna board game. This is amazing. Okay. So it's unless it's not amazing. Is it cringy, Kyle? We're that's what we're going to find out together. Okay, okay, okay great. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. It is a fast-paced board game where you play the role of a horny visitor playing a <laughs> <laughs> playing a hookup contest against your fellow players. Oh no. So <laughs> So players adventure through the sauna, uh visiting cruising areas including the dry sauna, the steam room, cabins and the dark room. <laughs> oh Kyle. And armed with a handful of tactical action cards to try to give you the edge but oh. over the competition or drop them to their knees. Yeah. Get on your knees, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> players need to find their matches and catch the boys before closing time oh. while endearing the onslaught of hilarious and sometimes disgusting random events, which I want to know what a disgusting random event that happens in this gay sauna board game would be, but they didn't give examples. Jacob Lordy's bathwater comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's talking about the bathwater, but we're not talking about the grave dirt. Oh yeah. Well, you know, apparently he, um, he improvised that scene. That was That's not, what I hear. Yeah. That's quite the, everyone was such a good actor in that. Yeah. And anyway, you saw that boy's dick a whole bunch. And you saw his dick, mm-hmm. which that's always a benefit. You don't like him flaccid though. No, it's fine. it doesn't do anything for me. Okay. Um, give me hard or give me nothing. <laughs> um, the game apparent, apparently this is what the, um, Description according to the gay game designer says is it brings a lighthearted view to gay saunas and cruising um, with humor and also is respectful to the cruising and wider LGBTQIA plus community. Mm. Um, Apparently the uh, visitors are all gender identities, Mm. which that's progressive. Um, And uh, it also makes sure to clarify that, while the number of encounters you have in real life don't have any impact on your value as, as a person, just like with many games, the role you play is not uh, a reflection of your actions in real life. So. Okay. Well then run a train on me. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? I bet you score (laughs) bonus points by doing that. So how are we feeling based on the description? How are we feeling about this game? I mean, I've joked in the past about like, there are people who need to know, that STIs are not Pokemon. <laughs> and it seems like this game is kind of in that same, like, I'm here for it. I think I'm yeah. here for it. Like in a world where if you're on board, if you're, if you are genuinely sex positive, if you're like, go to town, kids, just be safe. Like, 
then then why not have just getting railed as much as possible be like a thing that is a way that you win a game. I think that's that's pretty that's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. I think especially knowing that it comes from a gay game designer, that to me, yeah. like and and knowing that they intentionally tried to be respectful of not just the LGBT, but like also cruising community, like that that part is like probably like kink sex positive cruise community like all of those are important to like so you're not doing this in a way that's like looking down or making fun of them so hopefully they achieve that and yeah i would love to play it'd be fun to play a game with your friends where you like go to a bathhouse and see how many dudes you can fuck and and your victory points are the number of loads you take or i don't know something like that yeah (laughs) you get you get little load tokens oh like a little a little splat yeah and i guess we don't have to make a game after all because someone already made it <laughs> right <laughs> awesome well speaking of gay game makers i wanted yeah. to talk to you about these four gay game makers that i found so cafe mox is this place here in seattle that's attached to a place called card kingdom and it's like one of the happiest places on earth for me <laughs> um b- because it's part board and card game store part beer and nachos place and <laughs> which is like combines two of your loves exactly exactly there it's my love languages all under one roof and um but they uh back in 2020 did a series of uh, uh for pride for june uh, did a on their blog a series of spotlights on queer game developers or designers and uh, they did like q a style and i just wanted to go over who these people are and then and then and then sort of talk about what they have to say about the industry oh yeah um the first one actually she's local um uh, she's here in 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 seattle uh, anna marie jackson phelps and she works on the like um like marketing side of, of games primarily like she does a lot of writing for uh, girls game shelf and uh, she manages the social media for uh, pencil first games or at least did might not anymore right this is all from 2020 but but she also makes her own games on the side just none that i recognized uh but but mox asked her so what do you find most challenging as a queer person in the industry and she said i think lack of representation and generally being seen is a problem for many lgbt plus people in the community games with relationships and romantic partners are just recently breaking from purely hetero standpoints. Hmm. Many still feature characters that conform to outdated gender standards. And when we do see queer folk, they're often very stereotyped. It's changing in positive ways, but slowly. Hmm. And I could see that being a recent thing that people are starting to like, not prescribe gender stereotypes to characters. Like it'd be so easy just like in writing it's so easy to default to that and be lazy about your stereotypes of characters you create yeah absolutely and and there's a lot of like i don't know i guess it's it's a shortcut or shorthand that like you can have the fighter warrior character in your game of course that's going to be a big burly white dude right like that's that that carries with it so many just expectations and stereotypes that you can just sort of shortcut the story writing for this person but it really does uh, then uh perpetuate those things too right yeah reminds me of the D movie where the the barbarian was michelle rodriguez 
instead mm-hmm. of, you know, I don't know, Bruce Willis, who's current Jason <laughs> Statham. I don't know. <laughs> Whoever current day Bruce Willis is. A, Helm, a Hemsworth. I don't know. A Hemsworth. Yeah. Um, then uh, then uh, Simeon Cogswell, uh, who is non-binary and pansexual, uh, they actually worked on RuneQuest, which is a RPG, but also on a game called Who Should We Eat that I'm going to try to find a copy of because I think <laughs> oh it's hilarious. Um, but but Mox asked them, uh, what do you find most challenging as a queer person in the industry? And they said, getting companies to use correct pronouns is always a challenge. I'm Oof. often thought of as one of the guys working on a project and I'm not. I think this partly has to do with the people running these companies being older and not used to those kinds of social norms. And because almost all of us work remotely and aren't interacting face-to-face on a daily basis, I would like to shout out Green Ronin for immediately asking pronouns I preferred when I was brought onto their company, Slack Server. And uh, as a software developer, do a very similar thing of this like presumption that people are just one of the guys, in quotes, one of the guys, because that is the tech bro sort of vibe. Yeah. And it's it's unfair, and I definitely want to work on it. Yeah, it's interesting. The so many times we see like behind the scenes, the creators, the people that are in charge. Like no industry can escape that it is older white guys that are in charge, older <laughs> yeah. straight cis white guys that are in charge of things. Um, and so it's no matter even if the board game industry were super gay behind the scenes the people making the money the executives in charge of these companies i could see definitely being less lgbt accepting than we where we should be yeah and i i I think i think too uh at least based on what anna maria was saying uh it is changing but it's changing slowly and it's apparently way behind other kinds of media that hmm. like queer people have been better represented and have more visibility in TV movies, that kind of thing. And we're starting to in board games like 20 years after the fact or whatever. This is more similar to football than I thought. Football <laughs> is the same way, very behind the times only now just being more accepting and trying to work on their LGBT acceptance. Like who knew that football and board games would have that in common? Yep. Yep. Uh, Simeon also said, uh, Mox asked him or them, uh, what would you like to tell young LGBTQ people who want to break into the game industry? They said the secret to the tabletop gaming industry is that there is no industry. Even now in this golden age of gaming, it's mostly people working from their homes on things they love. Anyone can make a game. Anyone can illustrate a game. You don't need companies to publish your game. Crowdsourcing has changed everything. Make a Kickstarter, make a Patreon. The worst thing that happens is you fail, learn from it, and try again. No one is going to hold you back but you. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And and what a what a great message for 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 folks um yeah. in the community. I don't I don't I don't think we hear that from like role models often enough. Yeah, totally. Uh then I want to talk to you about Matt Fantastic. I, I, uh, Matt fantastic I hope that's what's on their birth certificate because that <laughs> uh that's it's fantastic is what it is yeah um uh they them pronouns uh they're the creative director of forever stoked and one of their projects on kickstarter that I'm sad I missed the window for kickstarting it is a game called dumpster fire party it is <laughs> uh, it's a party game where everybody takes cards and they're encouraged to tell 
like a story from their life about the worst example of something and then everybody votes and you get pieces of garbage that you get to <laughs> you are you trying put. to be the biggest dumpster fire yes you're trying to be the <laughs> biggest dumpster fire by telling stories about your life to your friends wow anyway mox said how does your gender and sexual identity or expression impact your game design and matt said i wouldn't say it does much outside of the omnipresent reality of being a queer gender deconstructing weirdo and all the ways that impacts who i am and how i think Being part of an other group means I am constantly thinking about the how and why of what I'm doing and the subtle ways the choices I make as a designer can have a huge impact. For example, designing a game with a diverse set of characters comes more naturally to me, given that my reality is filled with a diversity of people. I'm aware of how much that can mean to people who are used to being left out or ignored, so I try to make sure any publishers I'm working with are supportive of that. Hmm. That makes sense that when you're LGBT, you are on the margins and would then be more likely to think about the non-standard characters, not creating people that are just the same characters over and over again. Yeah. And it does, it does take, I think an other to give you the perspective to point out when something is horse shit. Like yeah. there, there doesn't have to be anything nefarious going on for a group of people who look alike Uh, like the way that they operate it doesn't have to be evil it could just be that they don't fucking know any better because they don't see it and so to be able to be the one that shows up and says like why is it all straight white dudes that might be super valuable to a group of straight white dudes that was doing the project right yeah absolutely uh they also asked them what do you find most challenging as a queer person in the industry they said honestly as someone who passes as a typically masculine white person most of the time it's pretty chill Even when I'm out wearing a dress and at max gender queerness, I find that the industry itself as a whole is really supportive of queer people. The unfortunate reality is that women and non-masculine presenting people are who get really get dumped on. So I guess what's hardest for me to see people who don't have the same level of privilege as myself suffering. Hmm. I think, I think that's fascinating that like that they're identifying that there's this undercurrent in the gaming industry of like, do whatever you want to fuck whoever you want to, as long as you're a dude. Yeah. That's wild to me. Yeah. That misogyny might, that's also like a issue in the board game community. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Mox asked, what would you like to tell young LGBTQ people who want to break into the gaming industry? Uh, and they said, be here. We can't wait to see what you're working on and what the next generation is going to do to push the industry forward. There will always be shitty people everywhere, but there are a whole lot more good progressive people in our industry than you'll find most anywhere else. If you find yourself getting dumped on for being queer, POC, non-masculine, whatever, myself and a lot of other people with way more influence than me are there for you and want to help you. Don't be afraid to reach out and ask for support. My email is matt at foreverstokedcreative.com and my door is always open. Wow. My general advice for anyone looking to break into the industry is that you need to grind it out, make sacrifices and make your own luck. My career has been a long series of being in the right place at the right time, but I work to have those opportunities and constantly be making new stuff. Hmm. Boy, talk about, talk about money where their mouth is. Here's, here's my email. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But that's also nice thinking that even if the industry is behind an LGBT representation, that they're saying that people are open to it and there are more good than bad people out there. Like that's a refreshing 
thing to know about the industry when, you know, potentially going into it as an LGBT person. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, uh, Nikki Valens, uh, they, them pronouns, uh, who worked on Eldritch Horror and Arkham Horror, those Mansions of Madness games. I, I have a couple of them. I think um, I've only heard about them because of you. <laughs> uh, well, okay. But they're, they're big, successful games that, that, that they worked on. Um, and uh, Mox said, how does your gender and sexual expression impact your game design? Nikki said, I think my identity helps shape the themes and content of my games. So many games assume the players are cisgender and heterosexual, and that shows in ways many designers aren't even thinking of. But in those details, the games feel like they're not for me. So when I'm designing or writing, I create things based on my experiences. I write characters across the full spectrum of gender and sexuality. The worlds I build don't carry the same ingrained bias we see in our real world. And I hear from my players that they really appreciate that. We all just want to feel comfortable and happy. And I want to give that to the players that are missing it. Hmm. That's interesting thinking about how having LGBT representation in creating a game could almost expand its marketability to a bigger audience. Like there may actually be not that you should need money as a driving force behind diversity, but that could actually help reach different audiences who are not cis straight white men because they feel more represented. They feel like the characters options are more akin to themselves. Like you may be able to expand your target demo. because of that and make more money off of the game because of that yeah and then you have to sort of worry about pandering too right like like you look at those big big triple a games uh like like Baldur's gate or whatever and that they're letting people explore gender sexuality queerness inside of their video game is that just a factor of making more money is that about right. marketability or is, is that because of a careful considered desire to move the needle socially yeah yeah and how much does that matter what if your motivation is money and that inspires you to bring more diversity to the game of course i want everyone to be doing it out of the goodness of their heart yeah. i will totally yeah. support people doing the right thing for greedy reasons like yeah i, I, I think that that's you know as long as the implication isn't that like, like as, as long as they're clear that, yeah, it's, it's for money. Then yeah. Then, yeah. Then great. <laughs> I think the downside of that is like the level of commitment. If you're only doing it for money, you will turn on a dime when it stops making you money. And if you're really committed to it and into it because your heart is there, the money can ebb and flow and you'll always be committed. This is the same issue with corporations at pride. Like it's great to have their money. And also if they stop making money off of it and it stops being the right thing to do or stops benefiting them, they're done. They're not, they're not inherently committed to the cause of LGBT quality. They're committed to growing their stockholder value. Yep. Yep. Yay. Pink money. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, the last one, Mox asked Nikki, what would you like to tell young LGBTQ people who want to break into the game industry? And they said, please don't be intimidated. It's scary, I know, but you have every right to do this as anyone else, and you bring your unique experiences and strengths to the table. The games you can make can't be made by anyone else, and when you bring your experience into design, you create something where others like you can feel at home. More LGBTQ plus designers means more LGBTQ plus friendly games and more of us feeling welcome in the community. Mm. 
I, 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 th- I think that's right. But like the, 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 sometimes, sometimes you have to just start, uh, with a snowball and, and push it forward. And eventually the snowball is, is big and m- massive and making an impact, but yeah. Uh, snowballing. Yeah. Snowballing. Great. <laughs> 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 anyway, that's that's for uh, queer uh, board uh, game makers. Uh, and um, one thing that I had a hard time finding, though, were um, I, selfishly uh, game designers like me. By that, I mean cis white gay men. Hmm. Um, the, the ones that at least got picked up by this interview series were a lot of uh, genderqueer, non-binary um, uh pansexual folks and i i think that i think that's awesome maybe that was a choice that they made i just couldn't really find a lot of examples of prominent gay men uh hmm. in, in the industry and i kind of wonder if that's just because i didn't look in the right places or if they're a rarity yeah or if it's or if it's common enough that it's not noted right yep anyway they were all very optimistic in spite of it sounding like the board game industry is lacking. Yeah. They all sounded optimistic about its future and the prospects of people getting more involved in it these days, which I appreciated that about them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. And um, I, I think that's what you have to do sometimes just to get through it is, is uh, don't ignore, don't be toxically positive. Don't ignore the shitty shittiness that's out there, but then don't let that, stop your determination from making it better being hopeful about the future. Um, I, I think, I think there's a lot of really great lessons from them. Yeah. Did we do it? Is that- I mean, we talked about a lot of board games. We talked about a lot of board games. Am I going to, okay. The episode title, I, I have to spell it the regular way, not games, right? I'm just going to spell it the regular way. Board games. Yeah. Yeah. But then use games with a Y a whole bunch in the show notes. Okay. Okay. That's a good idea. I'll do that. I'll, the, the show notes will just be games, games, games or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think we did it. And I think there are some new uh, board games that you'll have to purchase. Maybe yeah. that $500 Monopoly. <laughs> nope. Not going to nope. happen. Okay. But okay. I, but, uh, <laughs> um, on the, if, oh. if somebody has a copy that they want to get rid of. You know it's worth a lot of money, but you could just send it to me. Yeah, we would. <laughs> I would love to play Game Monopoly. Um, on the Patreon bonus segment, I'm going to do a little Ask Reddit um, where some people got into a debate in the comments. Go figure. Great. So we're going to talk about that. And I might ask you some of those really hard homogeneous questions. <laughs> oh, God. Let's let Kyle feel dumb for a little bit. That's, <laughs> that's what that game will be called. I'll be dumb, too. Yeah. Okay, great. You want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Great. Roll doubles. <laughs> this is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So are we back? We're back. We're back. We're going to do our gayest and straightest. We're going to do our gayest and straightest. But first, you know what? What? While I'm looking at it and while I'm thinking about it, in the Patreon segment, we talked about this game, Fog of Love. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it, it has... It has a man and a woman on the cover, but you can buy a female female version or a male male version if you want to. Mm-hmm. And the prices are different, and I don't know how <gasps> I feel about that. What? 
Yeah, male female on Amazon right now is forty eight dollars and ninety cents. The lesbian version is forty eight dollars and sixty two cents. So that's uh, <laughs> twenty eight cents cheaper. And then the male male version is forty eight dollars and ninety five cents. It's the most expensive, but only by a nickel. What is going on? What? I don't get it. Wild. Yeah. So the lesbian game isn't selling as well. Like, but but like eighteen cents is going to make them come running. Like I don't. Know. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, our website is gayishpodcast.com. We are on socials at Gayish Podcast, and I'll just highlight our Instagram that our producer Derek does an awesome job managing. He posts uh, news. All the news we talk about goes up there, and every week he asks for your gayest straightest and reposts our favorites. So it's a lot of fun. Go follow us on Instagram. Yeah, do it. Our hotline, you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails, especially if it's your gayest and straightest, is 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rates apply. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. And our physical mailing address is post office box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. Do you want to do our gayest and straightest? Um, okay, sure. That's what we do, right? That's what we do next. I All think right. so. I'll go. Okay. Uh, so this weekend I was down in San Francisco for a fraternity conference. So I was teaching a bunch of 19 and 20 year olds how to not burn their house down or whatever. <laughs> um, uh, but the straightest thing about me this week, uh, there's just, there was so much talk about the Super Bowl. Oh my God. Oh, like got to get home for the Super Bowl. And are you vote, are, like, do you want, the Niners to win or do you want the Chiefs to win? And me like trying to totally look like I care. And <laughs> um, it just, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. Also, I try to like, I'm out in the fraternity. I, I It is not a secret, but this time, instead of like at the top of the day saying like, I'm a big old Mo, everybody, you're welcome. I just waited to see if it would come up at all. Hmm. And it didn't. And now I feel bad. Anyway, no. you don't have I to. Think- like, I think they need to know. They need to know. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, the gayest thing about me this week, uh, there, <laughs> I immediately clocked this kid. I was like, "There's another faggot right there." <laughs> like, I, I, this this little ginger twink from Ohio uh, was was in my group, and I was like, "Yep, that boy gay." And then that night, uh, some of the gays got together in my room for an after conference cocktail. And, uh, he, he came in, uh, and confirmed every thought I had about (laughs) its sexuality. Yep. Your gaydar was spot on. Spot on. Uh, how about you, Kyle? What's up? My straightest is, uh, drinking a whiskey on the rocks. (gasps) Who are you? And what have you done with Kyle? I know, right? I was so butch. Yeah. Great. Did you like it? Hmm. Not really. <laughs> um, it was just what was on hand at my friend's place. Uh, sure. My gayest is after that drinking blackberry margaritas. Oh, is that still have tequila in it? Mm-hmm. Any kind of flavored m- margarita to me seems pretty gay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Anything fruity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a listener's gayest and straightest. Yeah, we do. Hey, finally, I decided to send you a straightest and gayest. <laughs> After so long, I listening to the podcast. So congratulations on you, not on me. <laughs> uh, my guest is um, 
I've been hired to play some music to a, uh, like a show cooking, and this was uh, there was this like torrada where where they cook steaks, and you know, like really everybody was like, oh, yeah, you have to cook the steak like this, and blah blah blah. So I was playing the music there, and. <laughs> I just put it all the gayest house and RuPaul's songs and everybody was like lost. <laughs> and my straightest was high-fiving every and single security guy in the place. That sounds like gay, but it's not because they were like, oh yeah, this love is just so great. <laughs> so, well, congratulations again. You, not me. <laughs> I've realized now that I cannot say the word congratulations. How do you say congratulations? Congratulations? <laughs> the joke is on me, I think. The joke is on me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do. Okay. There is nothing straighter than high-fiving. Agreed. So, like, don't, don't, don't worry your pretty little head about whether that was gay or straight, because it was straight yeah. as hell. Yeah, and what's gayer than playing RuPaul's Drag Race songs? Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you. If you want to leave us a voicemail, you should. You should You should do yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's it. Real quick, I don't know what the chances are that anybody would have seen it, but on Twitter, our publisher posted a note saying that they were working on our book. And so just wanted to make sure that everybody heard it from us before they started any rumors or got any like <laughs> wild ideas. Yes, Kyle and I wrote a book. We've submitted it to the publisher. We're waiting for feedback and edits and stuff. We will give you more details when we have them. Yeah, we've been alluding on, you know, often on Patreon stuff about a project that we've been working on. And yeah, we've been writing a book together. It's really exciting. And um, yeah, it's it's a lot of work and I'm really excited about it though. Yeah. And it's a book and it's a book and soon you'll be able to buy it. When good question TBD yeah. will yeah. announce more when we know more. <laughs> uh, we don't have too many details quite yet other than just letting you know that we're working on it, but we will be sure to let you know all the details when we have it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, I guess that's it. A big thank you to everybody who plays board games. If you don't, you should, if you don't like it, we can't be friends. Mm -hmm. And thank you to all the queer people who create board games. Yes, wherever you are. Wherever and whomever you are. And also thank you to our super Gap Bridgers, Kaylee Adam, Kit Oliver, Pip, Andrew Bugby, William Bryant, John Carly, Pip. Stephen Porch. <laughs> I know you can't say it without saying Pip. Uh, Yo Stosel, Harry Shaw, Jonathan Montanias, Wadu Forrest, now Patrick Martin, Steve Douglas, Explosive Lasagna, Michael Covington, Just Jamie, Thomas B, Timothy Sora, Dusty Sands, A. Coleman, Chris Cachatorians, and Jerome York. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your money. Uh, that is it. This has been Gayish from the Chris Cachatorian Studios. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. See you next week. See ya. Holy shit. <laughs> That's what I think about that.
<laughs> that why did that actually scare me? I don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm.